And then afterwards, one of the things we like to do, we do a lot for some reason, but uh, we enjoy uh, fellowship, and usually that involves food. So after, this, after we're done this morning, down at the Washburn tent, we'll have coffee, water, Danish, and muffins, I think, is on the agenda this morning. So feel free to stop by and grab something on your way to lunch or whatever. Uh, but uh, we, uh, we want to encourage you to, to do that. Thanks for coming this morning. I know a lot of you have good church homes, and so... Um, but you're up here all week, and this makes a nice, convenient thing for you. If you don't, we'd like to invite you out. Um, we have a good group of people, young, old, and we have a great time together. And um, this morning, we want to focus a little bit on God's Word. And, and um, one of the passages that, that I want to look at this morning is uh, John chapter 10. So let me give you a little bit of background. First of all, the Gospel of John is written presenting Jesus Christ as the Son of God. So over and over again, John is referring to Jesus as God and sees references to Christ as God. In fact, in the Gospel of John, there's no record of Jesus' birth. It starts out, in the beginning was the Word. And the reason it starts out that way is because Jesus was God. He had no beginning. And so John spends the entire Gospel talking over and over again about the idea that Jesus Christ is God. So a lot of the references that Jesus makes in the Gospel of John... Uh, on things where he he talks about being God, John records. One of those is known as the I Am's of Jesus. Um, When Jesus was on this earth, he made a number of, on on seven different occasions, he used the phrase, I am blank. And uh, that was very significant, particularly in the Jewish world. Uh, That doesn't mean a lot to you and I today, but if you were a Jew, um, you knew exactly what that term meant. You see, when Moses was getting ready to go to the children of Israel and take them out of Egypt. One of the questions Moses said to God when God called him, he said, God, who am I going to tell him sent me? And Jesus, uh, God's answer was, tell him, I am that I am has sent you. So I am became this, this, this term that was associated in the Jewish mind with God. Because God was the great I am. And so when Jesus is in his ministry and he's teaching and preaching, often you will hear him say... In fact, on seven different occasions, he says things like, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. Um, I am uh, the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Um, I am the true vine. And this morning, we're actually going to look at two which are connected to each other. But when I read them, I am the door and I am the good shepherd, you won't think they're connected, but I'll, I'll, I'll help explain it as we go along. Um, And John chapter 10 is the famous passage about Jesus as a shepherd. And in John chapter 10, um, what you need to understand is that, you know, we, when we think of shepherds, we think of of picturesque, you know, I just noticed um, in the back of of the church here, there's a picture of Jesus as a shepherd and there's little sheep around and they all look nice and clean and, and he looks really nice and clean and everything. You need to understand in the Jewish world, shepherds were despised. Uh, you see, a shepherd had to live with the sheep. It's not like today where you can fence in an area and just put them in them. They had, to, they had to take the sheep out, live in the wilderness with them, live out in the hillside with them, bring them in, take them out. So they couldn't keep the feast days. They couldn't ceremonially wash their hands when they were supposed to. Um, they couldn't rest on the Sabbath. So in the Jewish world, at the time of Christ, shepherds were despised people. Nobody wanted to be associated with shepherds. And that becomes significant, by the way, because... Um, David, one of their great kings, was a shepherd. And when Jesus is born, if you'll think about it for a minute, who do the angels appear to first? The shepherds. Because God was making a statement. 
that look, don't disregard these people. Um, my, my, my son is coming to this earth and I'm announcing it to the people, some of the people you despise the most. And often the mystery of Christ, that's what you see. He associated with those people that everybody else wanted nothing to do with. And so, anyway, in this passage in John chapter 10, um, here's, here's what he says. He, he talks about this idea of Christ as, the first thing he uses is the idea of, um, the idea that he's the door. Uh, the King James says door, the NIV says gate, but here's what it says. Um, verse 7 of chapter 10, Therefore Jesus said again, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come in before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They'll come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they might have life, and they might have it to the full. So Jesus is talking, he's particularly addressing this kind of to the Pharisees, but he uses this term that the King James says, I am the door. Um, and then I uses the idea, I am the gate. Um, let me help you understand it. In the, in the New Testament time, like I said, you would keep your sheep out on the hillside. But here's the question. What do you do with your sheep at night? So what would happen is they would either have to find a cave, go in, make sure there's nothing in the cave, run the sheep in, and then lay at the door. Or what shepherds had done in this area is they had built stone walls. So they built like big circles or squares, piled up stones really high, and there would be one door. And what the shepherds would do at night is they would take the sheep and they would run all of their sheep into that enclosure and then the shepherd would lay at the door. The shepherd would stand at the door when the sheep came in. He would check them out. If they had wounds on them, he would, he would put oil on them. If they uh, looked sick, he would pull them off to the side. If they had gotten scratched or, or something where there was some blood, he would take care of that. That was his job as the shepherd. That's what he did. He stood there as the sheep would come in, and then he would lay at the door. So Jesus uses this term, and he looks, at the, he looks at these guys, and he says, you need to understand, I'm the door. No one gets in unless they go through me. I'm the only way in. He didn't say there are many ways in. He said there's one way. And later, he's going to look at Thomas, and he's going to say, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And he says, you know what, there's just one way. And, and Jesus used this analogy. He goes, if a stranger calls the sheep, they run off. But he says, my sheep at night, the idea is, I'm going to run them in, and I am the door. And that's a very, very important statement for us to understand. Because he says, be careful now. He said, there's a thief that his job is to steal, to kill, and destroy. And he said, my job, my role, is that they can have life, and they can have life abundantly. But he said, you need to understand, I'm the only way in. And so he lays that out, and then he takes it one step further. And he goes on in the passage, and here's what he said. Um, he comes to this next idea, and he says, um, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and they know me. He said, and the Father, just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this pen, but I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there should be one flock, one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it again. No one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Jesus says, you know what? He said, not only am I the door, 
but I'm also the good shepherd. And he said, you need to understand, a good shepherd, a good, good shepherd, actually, he doesn't say I'm a good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. He says, I'm it. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Now, it's interesting, during this time, there's a, the Jewish world had a, uh, a thing called the Mishnah, and that's where they, they would do a, get a lot of stuff from. And in the Jewish world, the Mishnah taught that if you were a shepherd, and something, an animal came and attacked your flock, you had to defend yourself against the flock. In other words, you could not run away. But if it was more than one animal, the Mishnah allowed you as a shepherd to run away and just let the animals take care of the flock. And so when Jesus makes this analogy and he says, look, you need to understand, I'm the good shepherd. I will give my life for the sheep. I, 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 and, and, and I will willingly give. No one's going to take it from me. I voluntarily gave my life because the sheep, I love them and care about them that much. And so he lays out that, that analogy and he says, you know, the hireling won't do that. Earlier in the passage, he talks about the, hired, the hireling, the guy who's just in it for the money. He goes, he won't do that. But he said, I, I, I give my life for the sheep. He said, they're that, that, that important to me. So a couple of takeaways and, and things that I think, you know, for us, um, as, as we talk about it this morning, um, I think when Jesus talks about the idea that he's the door and he's the good shepherd, I think there's two ideas. I think the first has to do with the idea of how you become a child of God, how you become a sheep, if you will. And it's very, very important for us to understand that he says, I'm the door. There's no other way. We're in a world that says there are many ways to God. They're wrong. Jesus said that's not true. There is one way. There is only one way. Well, it doesn't matter what you believe. No, it does matter what you believe. It does matter what you believe. Uh, my, my, my son, oldest son, just got back from an Air Force thing that he was in, and one of the guys that he was with, um, they were training down in Biloxi, Mississippi, and one of the guys that he was with, they were going to class with, had come from, uh, I think it was Germany. And uh, he had gotten in an accident first day on base because he forgot that he was supposed to drive on the right side of the road, not the left side of the road. Now look, he was sincere when he made the turn, but none, nonetheless, sincerity didn't cut it. There is one way. Think about it for a minute. You've been to a fair all week long, and if you're like me, I mean, I, I've got a season pass. So what happens is I come to the fair, as I, I don't even stand in line. I walk by, and I go by the line, and I wave my little blue ticket that says season pass 2014, what, I don't know, what all does it say? It says, um, never even look at it. Okay, 2004 season ticket, and it has the dates on it, and I signed it. Uh, by the way, you're supposed to sign them. But anyway, I signed it. So what I do is, I walk in the gate, I wave this at them, and I keep going. Why? This lets me in. It lets me in. I can't just wave any piece of paper at them. They're looking for a blue ticket. Why? Because the ticket's what gets me in. If I don't have this, I'm not getting in. And my question, I guess, to you, now, I don't think heaven's this way, because for a believer, the Bible says, absent from the body is present with the Lord. I don't believe, but we all have this image of heaven with, like, these great big walls and somebody standing there deciding who gets in and who gets in, isn't. So just for sake of fun, let's say that's the way it is. So here's my question. What's your ticket going to say? I see, if it says baptism, you're not getting in. It says church membership, you're not getting in. 
If it says good guy, you're not getting in. If it says gave money, not getting in. Nice person, not getting in. Nicer person than my neighbor, not getting in. There's only one name that could be on that ticket. That's Jesus Christ. Anything short of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ means that ticket sends you to hell, not to heaven. Jesus said, I am the gate, the door, the only way. And that's important for us to understand because we live in a world that wants to say, eh, it really doesn't matter. And Jesus on this earth, when he was here, he said, it does matter. And then he takes the analogy one step further. So, so one deals with that idea of whether or not I am in the family of God. And then the other deals with God's responsibility to me in his family. And he says, I'm the good shepherd. See, there are a lot of people here this morning. And here's the thing. You put your faith and trust in Christ. So you have that ticket, so to speak, to get to heaven. But you need to understand that's it. Here's my analogy. It would be like me getting a season ticket to the fair all week and not going. Not enjoying everything that that ticket entitles me to. Mean like me sitting at home and going, I got a ticket to the fair. Oh, did you see the alligators? What alligators? I haven't gone to the fair. Well, no, 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 don't, don't you understand that ticket entitles you to like go and see all the stuff and look at the exhibits and, and, and see the animals and go to, and, 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 and eat all the food? I mean, don't you understand that ticket is just the first step of all of these things that now are offered to you? And that's what Jesus said. He said, I'm the good shepherd. I give my life for the sheep. I have come, not that you can have life, literally that's eternal life, but eternal life abundantly on this earth. I've come so that I can show you how to live life here. I've come so that you and I have a relationship. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. I, I, they hear my voice. They respond to my voice. They do what I ask. They, we have a great relationship. You know, they test that with these kids when they show their animal. They want to know, how well do you know this animal? Do your parents raise it or did you? And so they, they ask these kids all kinds of questions to try to figure out, how well do these kids know their animal? And Jesus said, you didn't understand, I'm the good shepherd. I know everything about you. God says, I've numbered the hairs of your head. Now, for people like me, that's important. <laughs> because here's what I love. They're not just numbered. He doesn't say they're counted. The scripture says they are numbered. So this morning, when I did my hair, I lost hair number 6,322, hair number 4,220. I don't know the numbers, but God does. Because what that means is that because I have that relationship with the shepherd, he cares about me. Just like that shepherd in the New Testament would check those sheep every single day and know what's going on in their lives and be involved and watch out for them and protect them and everything. God does the same thing for me. It means that I don't go through a day, I don't face a problem on my own. Because I have a shepherd who is always there. I have a good shepherd. And Jesus said, you need to understand, I am the great shepherd. I care about you. It may be, you know, we, we take prayer requests and from time to time, I'll get some little kid that'll come up and say something about pray for my bunny rabbit or whatever else. You know what we pray for? I pray for bunny rabbits. You know why? Because if it's important to them, it's important to God. And if it's important to God, 
It ought to be important to us. Why? Because I have a God that's that concerned about all of the stuff that we go through. Why? Because he is the great shepherd. So I got two questions for you this morning. First question. First question is, how are you getting in the game? What ticket do you plan on showing? Because the bottom line is this. Your heart's going to stop one day. Your lungs are going to stop breathing one day. And you're going to step from this world into a world of eternity. Either with God or without God. And the determination is what you have done with Jesus Christ. Um, and the, on the, the flyer in there that we have the songs on, there is a, it talks about a way to know for sure that you're a Christian. That Jesus Christ is your shepherd. There's things back there, um, little tracks from Billy Graham Association that talk about making sure you know that there is one gate, one door, one way. And please, please don't trust anything else. Because Jesus gave his life for you to know there is one way. And if there was any other way, he would not have gone to the cross. It is the only way. And you say, I can't believe a loving God would reject you. Let me tell you something. A loving God who loved you enough to go to the cross and you spent your entire life on this planet rejecting him, wanting nothing to do with him, you don't have any other choice. You're the one that's made the choice, not him. He's done everything possible. All you have to do is accept it and embrace it. So my, my challenge to you is to first of all make sure that he is the door and nothing else. My second challenge is to those of you who have put your faith and trust in Christ. And you say he's your shepherd. I'd just like to remind you what the passage says. My sheep hear my voice and they follow it. It means that when I get up today, my life's not about me, it's about what God wants me to do today. It means that when I get up, it's not about what I want to do, it's about what God wants me to do. So I may want to get angry. God tells me to be careful about that. I may want to lose my temper. God says be quick to hear, slow to speak. I may want to be unforgiving, but God says forgive one another as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. I may think, now this is not true. Anyone who knows me and knows my wife knows this is not true. I may think that my wife is mean, so I shouldn't love her today. But the Bible tells me to love your wives. To love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. I don't love her on the basis of the way she treats me. I love her because I love her. Because God tells me I'm supposed to love her. God tells me to be kind. To be tender-hearted, to be forgiving. My shepherd tells me that, and if I'm his sheep, that means I follow his voice. So I challenge you to understand that um, being a believer is not just simply getting a ticket. It's about participating in the Christian life, and it's about trying to seek to follow the shepherd because he lo- we love him because he first loved us. So my challenge to you today is to realize, and for some of you to realize, that you know what? God's way is the best way. He knows how to live this life and to live it abundantly. And I've watched over and over again as people try to live it their own way. And I've watched people who have followed it God's way. And I can tell you over and over again, God honors those that honor Him. And uh, my challenge to you today is twofold. Number one, how you getting in. 
And number two, how you live in your life. Are you listening to the shepherd? He says, I am the door. I am the good shepherd. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to gather today, Lord. A beautiful day. An opportunity to gather together around your word. An opportunity to listen to what you have for us, Lord. Often we may not like it. But Lord, our responsibility is to obey, to listen. So Lord, speak to our hearts. Help us to be the kind of people that you have designed and you desire for us to be. Help us to listen to your voice. And for those, Lord, who may be trusting in some other way. God, this morning, would you help them to realize that you went to the cross because it is the only way. And Lord, may they put their faith and trust in you. May they they understand what it is to have a personal relationship, to know that you are their shepherd. Thanks for the day, Lord. Thanks for the opportunity. Use your word in our lives that we may apply it and live it out this week. And we'll give you the honor and the glory and the praise. These things we ask in your name. Amen.